begin after eight taps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And make a part in about time too about not playing the ND. It was free for all and I heard him say he bought my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick cause you're incapable A-A-M's. It's me. I'm still alive. Thank you, TJ Drennan. My name's Spencer, a.k.a. Free For All, and you're listening to the increasingly sporadic and unpredictable Keep Off The Borderlands. In fact, this one's so unpredictable that even I don't know what I've got in store for you, dear listener. So let's just play to find out, shall we? Follow me. Spencer, your creativity is on par with my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter's. That's a feather in your cap, mate. Well, I don't know about you, but that sounded like a ringing endorsement. Thank you, Andy Goodman. I hope you don't mind me stealing that snippet from your uh, fantastic expedition to the Grizzly Peaks podcast. So, a feather in my cap. All I need now is a string for my bow and some laurels to rest on. And my work here is done. Hey Spencer, man, how you doing? i got to say, really enjoyed hearing about your reflections on the Black Hat Games, the kind of moral dilemma that Brap was facing. Uh, and you're not alone. You're not alone there at all. Both of the characters I've been playing, neither of them are really bad guys. So some of the stuff that's gone on uh, has presented me similar difficulties as a player and as a character. I think I've kind of managed to negotiate it in in different ways, but really enjoying hearing podcasters who are playing in the same game talking about their different experiences. So awesome job putting that out there. Look forward to getting some more games in with you in the coming year. Take care, mate. Colin Spike Pit Green there, and thank you very much for that message, Colin. And I can say the feeling is mutual. I am really looking forward to getting in a few more games with you. And yes, I did sense that you were perhaps a little more concerned with the moral implications of the uh, the shenanigans of the party when I did get the opportunity to play alongside you in the Black Hack. And I really need to get some more black hack under my belt. And um, yes, moral dilemmas. It's a big part of 
play, I think, for me, it's something that really attracts me. It's one of the things I really enjoy about the Elder Scrolls and the Fallout computer games. You're always coming up against having to make difficult decisions, the implications of which were never really clear, always unforeseen consequences of every decision that you made. And I certainly, yeah, found that to be the most engaging part of those games and why I enjoyed playing them so much. And I guess I'm finding that coming out through playing RPGs, I'm kind of looking for that within the game. And I'm not talking about, you know, playing a paladin or anything like that. It's not about being the do-gooder, but it's about those kind of conundrums and the character's investment in the world that they inhabit. I mean, I'm all for having fun while I play, and it doesn't matter how gonzo a game is. And I've spoken about this before. I think that it comes down to your character's attachment to the world they're in. I mean, a game can be as wacky as you like, but that has to be a reality for the characters that have to exist within it. I feel like I've gone off a bit of a tangent there, but hey, what are you going to do? Hey up, Spencer. Shandy Andy here. Just listening to your latest podcast, and I'm really sorry to hear about uh, your uh, reaction to your sciatica. Talk about kicking a man when he's down. I can certainly relate to that. I can remember finding out that... um, I was allergic to antibiotics and I had a a complete body rash all over for about uh, three or four days and it was bright red as well. (laughs) Ah, well, here's hoping, mate, that uh, things pick up for you. Moving on into 2020. All the best, Spencer. Shandy Andy there from Unguarded Treasure B52. And thank you very much for that kind message. Yes, thankfully, I'm over the worst of it. The rash is all but gone. I feel I'm over the worst of the sciatica too. My intentions are to get myself down to the gym and, uh, well, let's not run before we can walk. But yeah, thank you very much for your kind words. I really appreciate that. Thank you. I'm wishing you all the best for 2020 too. 2022. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. It has to be said that my last podcast was somewhat lacklustre. Not exactly how I wanted to kick off the year. In fact, that episode I'd intended to go out before New Year's Eve. But what with family, friends and all the fun of sciatica and skin rashes, it was released a little later than intended. So I'm hoping to settle that straight with some fun-packed musings on the meaning of OSR. You lucky people. And before we get started, I just wanted to say that everything I'm talking about here is 
regarding my own experience of discovering an online community. Um, I've never been to a con. I've never felt discriminated against. I've never really, I've never felt any negativity directed towards me. I'm not suggesting that the community doesn't have any problems, but what I will say is that they are the sorts of problems you will find in any community. And that my experience has been a wholly positive one. And sadly, there seems to be something of a rarity within online communities. So, what I have here is um, some ramblings about what constitutes OSR. And I like to stress that this is based on stuff that I've gleaned from coming back to the hobby after 30 plus years sabbatical and what I discovered on my return. Essentially, a hotbed of creativity, a very DIY approach to gaming, a vibrant online community that welcomed all comers. And it was quite a surprise to discover that there were a large number of people out there who felt that this movement, this community, was in some way exclusionist. And I've still struggled to find much in the way of evidence supporting that beyond a couple of people on the fringes of that community with very fixed ideas about what the OSR was and what it should be. But as I say, these were outliers, not representative of the community as a whole. And in fact, the source of these accusations appeared to be coming from fractured pockets of gamers who appeared to have become isolated as a result of their own inflexibility, should we say. But I guess that is another story. On with the rambling. So the challenge set out by Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast on the Audio Dungeon Discord was to come up with some kind of definition for the OSR. I did want to start off by citing the article that I posted up which triggered the recent discussion and that was from uh, the Bonebox Chant blog. That's boneboxchant.wordpress.com and the article is entitled 20 Plus OSR Games uh, by a guy called Panda Atheist. Yeah, and he's just compiling like a top 20 OSR games list. Now, I'm just going to reel off the top three, which are The Black Hack 2E by David Black, Naive by Ben Milton at number two, and number three, we've got Into the Odd by Chris McDowell. Now, already, 
there are games there which some would argue are not OSR. Essentially, because they all involve modern mechanics or mechanisms, if you prefer. Um, what was it that occurred to me? Jason's initial impression of that article was that it was simply the old role-playing versus story-gaming argument. And I think there's some truth in that, but I think that that's only problematic if you're using the term story-game as a pejorative term. And notice I said there, role-playing or story-game. To me, that feels wrong. I have invoked the pejorative nature of that term by deeming story games as being not real role-playing games, which is not my intention, and it's not what I believe. But it's a trap you can fall into, because that is how the term has been used. But if you're talking about OSR versus story gaming, I think that's quite a valid distinction. And those things aren't mutually exclusive either. I mean, Dave Aldridge... The percentile um, has spoken about the attempt of a game like 13th Age and King of Dungeons to try and weave together these different elements of gaming. And it would seem that they don't quite pull it off in a wholly satisfactory manner, at least not for Dave. But it is an interesting distinction. Because when you people talk about the OSR, well, initially it was a term for games which tried to emulate that early gaming experience, primarily D&D. It seemed to me that whether or not a game qualified on being OSR all came down to what was the primary inspiration for the creation of that rule set. You know, what iteration of rules were they primarily based on? And and the aim of whoever was putting those rules together. You know, what game were they trying to create? Any rule set that was based on earlier iterations of D&D. And when I say earlier iterations, I'm talking about anything pre-third edition. Now, um, obviously, there are some rule sets based on 3rd edition. And what's interesting there is that, um, well, most famously, Pathfinder. The the first edition of Pathfinder is based on 3rd edition, or 3.5, I believe. And I don't think anyone would attempt to suggest that that was OSR. However, Castles and Crusades was also based on 3rd edition. And yet, I think there are probably people who would suggest that Castles and Crusades was indeed OSR. And what separates Castles and Crusades from Pathfinder is what those rules set out to achieve. And the most obvious difference being that Castles and Crusades sought to unify mechanics 
to simplify things, to streamline in a way that Pathfinder didn't. That's my very crude understanding. So I think that in itself certainly suggests to me a little bit about what makes OSR OSR. And to some extent, it is about simplification. Look at a game like the Black Hack, very much focused on creating old school style of play. And you compare that with something like ICRPG, being born out of a desire to simplify and streamline 5e. No real intentions to emulate kind of old school feel. And yet I feel that both that and the Black Hack are all sets that could run games which are seemingly identical on the surface. You know, you could very easily use ICRPG to play an OSR-style game. But as far as I'm aware, Hankering for now does make an effort not to use the term OSR, as he feels isn't a particularly useful term. And I completely understand why. It would seem that whether a game is an OSR game or not an OSR game rests solely on the creator's intentions for that game. What are they setting out to do with that game? So, you know, have I come to any kind of conclusion there? Um, it would seem that it's possible to use rules that don't identify themselves as OSR to play OSR-style games. So have I clarified anything there? I certainly don't feel like I have. But hey... So, regardless of the intentions the creator has for the game, we're still left with a question of what is an OSR style game? What is OSR style play? And to me, somebody who never played D&D back in the day, my impression of what OSR style play is, or what I associate with OSR style play is exploration of environment, emergent narrative from play from the character's decisions, swift and lethal combat, little concern for encounter balance, player ability over character ability, and rulings not rules, meaning that the Rules are essentially a framework, a toolkit for the GM to use as they see fit. And I think that about sums it up. So there we have it. That might very well be a bunch of complete bobbins from somebody completely 
unqualified to talk about the subject. But I've risen to the challenge and there we go. So it just remains for me to say thank you very much for listening. I've been Spencer, aka Free For All. This has been Keep Off The Borderlands. Thank you for those messages. If you'd like to leave a message, click the anchor link in the description. There's also a link to my email, spencer.freeforall at gmail.com and a link to the Patreon of Mr. Music, TJ Drennan. Take it away, TJ. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.